Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here to reflect on the final qualifying session of the year. It's been and gone. It's done and dusted. Saturdays are over, which has definitely been my favourite day of the year, not purely because of Charles Leclerc's performances in it, but just generally. I think qualifying has been really, really enjoyable this year. Um, And we had one final one round Abu Dhabi and... It was all right. It was okay. It was, it's not going to be top five, is it? But um, still plenty to talk about, Tommy. Yeah, the bar's very high for this year in qualifying. Uh, we've seen, I'd arguably say, some of the greatest sessions we've ever seen in Formula One, like Monaco stands out uh, as being an absolute worldie. Um, but yeah, the the fact that uh, maybe, you know, it was... Closer than we thought, actually, uh, and maybe not the driver that we expected to be close to Max Verstappen based on uh, how it was going for most of the session. No, we did not. And uh, big old CL. We'll get into that shortly. Uh, Before we do, uh, there's still tickets available for our Manchester show. Uh, We've sold out London and Glasgow, uh, but the Manchester show, which is next week... There are still a few tickets available. It's a bigger venue, uh, so we're trying to fill that out as much as we possibly can, which will be amazing if you can come along. Uh, The link will be in the description for the YouTube video and also uh, in our social media as well. Right, let's start with Q1 then, shall we? And it was Sainz, Magnussen, Bottas, Joe and Sargent were the bottom five. Um, Obviously, the biggest talking point has to be Carlos Sainz not making it out of Q1 in the Ferrari, especially with the battle for P2 and the constructors. Absolutely, you know, it's four points between Mercedes and Ferrari, Ferrari being the ones behind. And for Sainz to be knocked out in Q1 after a very difficult weekend up until this point, it just hasn't got any better for him. No, he's had an absolute shocker this weekend, of course, had the the incident in FP2 causing the red flag and then bottom of fp3 and you thought what what's going on with science surely that's not going to continue into the session um but it did and for yeah for him to go out when uh, there's very much a chance it's very much on between ferrari uh, and mercedes mercedes maybe maybe surprisingly slower than we thought uh that they might be like not as competitive certainly uh, so ferrari have a very good chance to do it but Looks like it's going to just be with Leclerc because science is all the way at the back. But that being said, so close, you know, to be four tenths off or whatever of, of the fastest time I think he was and getting knocked out is absolutely insane and just shows that uh, despite a season where one team is incredibly dominant and the most dominant season in the history of Formula One, yet the field spread is so close. I just don't get I don't get it. I don't get why Q1 is always so close because then you get to yeah. Q3 and the uh, the top teams and the top drivers seem to stretch their legs a little bit more. Um but it it always seems to be just so close in Q1 and um 
yep, unfortunately for Sainz, he'll be out. But, you know, comeback drive, we'll, we, we'll see. I'm sure he can get into the tail end of the points at the, at the very least. Uh, and then, of course, Magnussen, not much of a surprise considering his overall qualifying form this year. Bottas and Joe, I was incredibly surprised to see both of them go out in Q1 because they were absolutely cooking um, in, in FP3, I think it was, wasn't it? And uh, yeah. they looked really quick. But then again... That being said, track conditions change massively and perhaps the hotter conditions actually seem to uh, to suit the, the Alfa Romeos because when we got to, to nighttime and the track conditions being a lot cooler, uh, they they were nowhere. And for both of them to be out in Q1 is was a... Well, I was going to say it's a massive surprise, but then I did put Bottas as my biggest flop. So he remembered that remember halfway that around his lap. The case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alfa Romeo have just... Other than... Bottas being the the goat around Las Vegas, they've just fallen fallen off really, uh, and it seems quite a regular occurrence that both of them end up uh, out in Q one, although it didn't look like that would be the case. But again, like the field spread is so close that I guess someone has to go out. Well, five people have to go out in uh, in Q one, and normally, often than not, it's the Alfa Romeos. And finally, Logan Sargent, 20th and should not have been 20th because that Williams was El Rapido, especially in the first and second sectors. Uh, And Logan, unfortunately, having track limit issues on more than one occasion, I think, in Q1 uh, and ended up not getting anywhere. Uh, And just such a, a missed opportunity again. Of course, he had that great, great qualifying, getting into Q3 in Las Vegas. And you're thinking, okay. All right, let's see some more of that potential. But then just pushing a little bit too hard, not staying within the white lines. And the Williams did not deserve to be knocked out in Q1. No way. Uh, so it's not like it's a, ah, oh, well, you know, he was he was going to go out anyway because there was an opportunity there. Yeah, Williams, maybe, maybe how bad Sergeant's been is being saved a little bit by there's this perception that Williams are absolutely awful and they're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good car now. Albon's doing good things. He's got a lot of points for a team like Williams who are used to, you know, being at the back uh, in recent years. They're going to likely finish um, seventh in the Constructors' title unless Yuki Tsunoda wins the race tomorrow, here's hoping. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, Sargent's just had an absolute mare to get. This is the thing, like, just be a bit slower than Albon. Do exactly what he did in Vegas and you'll get some praises, but no, both lap times deleted, not even managing to get one time in. And then that is also a 22-0 for Alex Albon. Whitewashed him in qualifying. And I've said this before, and I don't don't want to... uh, This is no disrespect to Alex Albon. He is a fantastic racing driver and is having an amazing season. I'm so happy for him that he's having this good season. But like... Alex Albon is not a Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, or you know Fernando Alonso, or whatever. Like not yet, you, you not yet, yeah, exactly. But like he, he maybe, and he's improving, and he's he's having a brilliant season. But there should be one, at least one race where he's he's quicker than Albon, or at least anywhere near him, and he's that is a really poor record, really poor. P1 Patreon member AMG Piper asks. Do you think getting two lap times deleted and failing to get out of Q1 could be the final nail in the coffin for Sargent? It kind of comes back to a point I made in a previous uh, pod episode where 
F1 teams don't act on recency bias or the occasional moment. And they're like, right, that's it. Las Vegas, you've made Q3, Logan. Here's the contract. And then they go, oh, you've been knocked out in Q1 in Abu Dhabi. We rescind the contract. Like It's, it's not as knee-jerk as that. They will look at the whole season. They will assess whether Logan, firstly, deserves to keep his seat, but also, secondly, what is the alternative? Is it Felipe Drogovic? Is it Frederick Vesti? Are they actually available? Because there's plenty of things that could not make that happen. It's not just a case of, is Logan quick enough? Yes or no? Okay, we go for this. Um, so for me, I don't think it really changes too much. I think the only way it would have changed in his favour is if he'd made Q3 again. Um, but I don't think it's a case of... Uh, it's, it's difficult. He, of, of course, he has to you know impress at the end of the season. But what I'm trying to say is like it's not, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all, the fact he's been yeah. knocked out in Q1, if you see what I mean. No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it kind of maybe shows the lack of alternatives and how maybe he's in a very fortunate position that him getting two lap times deleted and qualifying last when the Williams looked quite good is like, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, maybe he is the most fortunate driver on the grid that there's no one desperate, uh, you, you know, lined up. The only person that you know, Drogovic is a difficult one with contracts. We have seen the uh, the Williams seat be like a Mercedes Junior in the past, or like a George Russell and Vesti. Uh, spoiler alert: cover your ears now if you've not watched it. But won the Formula Two race uh, and is taking the title down to to the final race tomorrow. So he's doing very well as well. I just think somehow. Uh, not that I agree with it, unsurprisingly. Uh, I don't think... I think Logan will keep his seat somehow, um, despite quite a lacklustre season and seemingly not improving from the start. If anything, his best race was Bahrain. Um, and, yeah, if anything, he's kind of got no better, if not a bit worse. Yep, so we will have to wait and see uh, on Logan Sargent, but... Uh, I think it's very 50-50 uh, for me in terms of whether he keeps it or not. Q2 now. And the five drivers out were Hamilton, Ocon, Stroll, Albon and Ricardo. Well, well, well. I think uh, Lewis Hamilton is probably the first port of call once again to talk about. And I think he even said after qualifying that something wasn't right with the car. He was really not happy. Um, but this continues this sort of run of form of Hamilton not being able to really deliver over, over one lap. Um, compared to what we, you know, the man's got 104 poles and, you know, th there's no denying that he can deliver over one lap. But for whatever reason, uh, and it's been over the course of the whole of this weekend, Russell's looked quicker. It's not like it's a bit of an anomaly and you go, oh, Hamilton's out in Q2. That's crazy. It was almost kind of expected, especially with this recent run of form that he's been having in qualifying. It's uh, very surprising, to say the least. Yeah, how far Mercedes have fallen that it's almost not a huge shock. It's obviously a bit a big surprise that like you look at some of the drivers that, that made it into Q3, like uh, Yuki Tsunoda, Nico Hülkenberg. So there definitely was place there like for, for a Mercedes, and of course Russell got through. Yeah, Hamilton's... This is an insane thing to say, but like for someone that's got 104 poles, qualifying has never been Hamilton's 
number one thing in my opinion i think it's his race pace and his race craft is what makes him so good uh, and he's shown that this year in maybe an extreme version because let's look at you know when he was against bottas bottas could often like I'd qualify him and, and things like that but then would be nowhere near him in the race and couldn't couldn't match him in the race so um hamilton is qualifying and it's never been like his greatest asset but at the same time I think it's definitely worse. He's clearly not got any confidence in this car in in one lap pace. And I think earlier in the season, uh, maybe, I think he gave a pretty harsh assessment in himself and saying, like, my qualifying has been abysmal or something along those lines. Yeah, like, really, like, laying into his own qualifying. Um, and it still hasn't seemed to, to improve. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that come the races, finishes fourth or fifth because his race pace is, is phenomenal. That's just been a, a trend of this season, really. And that's a question from Mimi Hopi, who says, not to re- overreact, but why do you think Lewis's quali form has dropped off because his race pace is still goat tier? I think, you know, you've, you've kind of mentioned, Tommy, that I mean, it's, it's difficult because Hamilton has, in my eyes, everything a racing driver needs. You know, he's not, he's not slow over one lap. Of course, he's had a, a dominant car for many years and that's helped him on his way to, to getting all of these pole position uh, stats that he has. But at the same time, there's there's no way that I'm going to say he's a bad qualifier or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's just a case of this car does not suit Lewis and, and the way in which it's it's kind of, I guess, you know, Mercedes are trying to figure out how to, to get to, to Red Bull and perhaps they're making some, some drastic changes to try and figure out, just like they were at the start of 2022, where the car just wasn't working and they're just trying everything to, to, to claw back that deficit. Um, and with these changes, you know, rather than having a consistent sort of path of way, which way they want to go with the car, that, you know, these kind of drastic move-offs, I guess, can, can sort of unstable a driver in some ways and, and perhaps that's what's happened with Lewis over the last um, couple of years is that qualifying's just not been away you know not been the, the the session that he can deliver into the level that that we've got used to so it's hard to it's hard to answer this one isn't it yeah yeah definitely I think I think you're right the, the fact that they're probably trying all sorts of different things as well and that's what they absolutely need to do um, we'll get into this later but maybe uh Maybe Mercedes, it's all part of a master plan to get more wind tunnel time and learn about the car and Ferrari, you can have it. Go on. No, nah, we'll take the 10 <laughs> mil, thanks. Yeah, we'll take the 10 yeah. mil. It's, uh, yeah, for an incremental amount of wind tunnel time, we'll, uh, we'll see if that... I mean, it didn't, it didn't affect Red Bull, did it, at all with their, with their penalty? No, with their sandwich penalty, no. Exactly. <laughs> sandwich penalty. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, Q3 then. And unsurprisingly, Max Verstappen on pole position. Ahead of Charles Leclerc, Oscar Piastri, George Russell, Lando Norris, Yuki Tsunoda, Fernando Alonso, Mika Hulkenberg, Sergio Perez and Pierre Gasly. As of recording, I believe Piastri is under investigation for impeding uh, Pierre Gasly. So we will have to wait and see whether he gets a, a penalty for that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't the, the the session that we all maybe dreamed of, where it ch- chops and changes right to the last minute. Um, I think the main thing we need to talk about is Lando Norris, McLaren, and the what well, feels like we say this every time that they are quick. The missed opportunity uh, from qualifying, and especially with with Lando, it's is actually paining me to watch now, where he is. Such a talented driver. It's just that last percent. It feels like he's, you know, he's he's said plenty of times. I think after Qatar, he was saying that the two mistakes he's made were completely different reasons. And it's not like there's one thing that he's doing that he keeps doing that's a problem. But the thing that is consistent is that he is making errors. And it's it's really hard to watch because I genuinely think he could have got pole position today. I think he could have got pole position a few times earlier on in the year as well. Uh, and it does feel like when he gets that opportunity, he does want to just give it 100%. And sometimes it will work. And sometimes you'll get that big old swapper and he'll be starting fifth. Yeah, it's a trend that maybe uh, from, from one side uh, it is unfortunate and makes him look quite bad. Because if you think of the, the races where uh, he's... You'd say McLaren were strongest. You'd say Qatar, of course, this one. Uh, maybe even Suzuka and you know, Lando got out qualified by uh, Oscar and Suzuka, had the problem with the track limits in Qatar and made a mistake here. So it's tough and without kind of... Uh, I can hear all the groans now of, of, oh, shut up about Max, but it's one of those shut things that... <laughs> <laughs> but but it but it does cement like the, this whole talk of like oh the Red Bull just drives itself and it's so easy like that just shows like how good Max is doing because of like the mistakes and things the fact that he's managed to keep this like consistent whereas other drivers have maybe had those opportunities to oh maybe we're like on Red Bull's pace in this race and and it, it just shows that like the pressure in F1 is absolutely immense. And the fact that Lando's yeah made a mistake again, where it looked like the car is probably at its best, uh, is really harsh. But then at the same time, you can look at this trend through everyone uh, in Formula One. You know, has Lewis Hamilton suddenly become way worse uh, than he was a couple of years ago? No, it's because he's got an inferior car now, and he's pushing, and and naturally you're gonna make mistakes when you push more even even with max um there's no surprise that he was crashing a load and uh, in like 2018 when they were like half a second slower than mercedes because he wants to make up that deficit and that's when you make errors because you're trying to overcome a car deficit whereas when you've got a dominant car you're you, you know it's not there's not as extreme pressure i guess so um so yeah but i mean that's kind of counteracting your point so is max feeling pressure or not feeling pressure with this uh, so-called dominant car 
Well, he's not feeling pressure because he's Max Verstappen and he's driving unbelievably well. But what I'm saying is... I was like, just covering that off because it was, you know, it's good to see people question that. <laughs> you are the YouTube comment. I am. I'm just um, being YouTube right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the thing, like, uh, with Lando, I don't think it's a thing at the moment. I think it's... I think it was a few more races and as it goes on, uh, I think that, that first win is is definitely something that that kind of could become an unfair narrative, I think, later down the line. Uh, but at the moment, uh, it just goes down as a as a mistake. Uh, it, for me, maybe maybe I'm just being uh, overly harsh, but like, I don't think the qualifying was as close as we thought it was going to be anyway. I, you know, obviously Lando was pushing, but I don't think Pole was ever on for him. <laughs> No, he was a tenth and a half down through the middle sector. Um, there was definitely some time in that last sector because Charles Leclerc showed that in the Ferrari, um, and he set a purple last sector to you know finish a tenth off off Max. But um, yeah, I think front row was was definitely possible for Lando. I'm not sure if uh, Max was uh, surmountable in this in this particular occasion. But starting fifth, it just makes his race a little bit more difficult. Yeah, He's behind it's the his fact that it's so well. far down. And back to your point about, you know, it's not really a thing at the moment about his win. I don't think it can be at the moment just purely because the McLaren hasn't had an, enough opportunities to actually win a race. They've they've been quick on a few occasions this year and that's about it. It's not like he's had a whole season where he's constantly making mistakes and not delivering on the performance of that McLaren. I think he will kick himself at the end of the year when he'll go like Qatar, for example, was an absolute slam dunk win in my opinion if they had just delivered and optimized that particular race weekend yeah um but apart from that it's not like they've had it every single race weekend because the red bull has been has been quickest and the russia thing is completely unfair to go against him because that was literally just a flip that was 50 50 that was literally yeah. and as hamilton said he wouldn't have pitted had lando have pitted so exactly. uh, could have easily been shoe on the other foot question from glamour diary do you think charles actually has a chance to win tomorrow i mean charles ball max win max ball charles win no no i have no hope of charles leclerc winning the race tomorrow um, oh, reverse psychology i like it no no no, no there's no reverse psychology <laughs> I have zero hope that that Ferrari will be quick in the race and be able to beat Red Bull. I think it was surprising uh, that they... It's it's like, you know, I had hope for Las Vegas because of factors that I felt, you know, actually made Ferrari quick in the race. And they were quick in the race. They were able to fight for the win. Here, I know it is lower track temperatures, but it's nowhere near as low as what it was in Vegas. And it's not a low grip circuit. And I just don't feel like it's going to suit Ferrari in a Sunday condition of a race. I think that Charles just did an amazing job. He was struggling to make it even through at one point uh, earlier on in qualifying. And to, and to make it onto the front row of the grid just shows just how good Charles Leclerc is over one lap. And I will say it right now. I think he's the best over one lap on uh, on the entire in the entire grid. On the entire grid? On the entire grid. In... Oh. Apart from Yuki Tsunoda, yeah. Yeah, um, apart from Yuki. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be very surprised if Charles can take it to Max in the race. Max looks incredibly comfortable. We've always seen that normally, even when he's slower in qualifying, uh, the race pace is where he really shines. So, uh, And he's very good around Abu Dhabi anyway. He's won, won the last three, three years. So... Um, 
But no, you should still tune in and also listen to the P1 podcast <clears throat> when Charles Leclerc does win the race, and um, it's going to be a fantastic way to end the season. And Yuki Tsunoda's getting a podium, of course, as well, so we should we'll probably mention Yuki Tsunoda because he's the goat. Second, right? We'll get on to Yuki. We're just talking about Charles for a minute. <laughs> P1 Patreon member MZT asks, question for the pod. Charles is known to have a mistake in him, despite many of his issues over the last two years being team slash car issues. Do you think that if Lando continues this way without a win, he risks being labelled similarly? I think we've kind of touched upon that a little bit. Yeah. I think uh, Charles having a mistake in him is unfair uh, when you actually list out all of the reasons why he didn't win races last year you kind of realized that there was actually only a, a couple that was his fault and when you look at all of the Charles Paul non-Charles wins um, there's a lot that say either he's outperformed the Ferrari the team screwed him over or he's had some incredibly bad luck and uh, his time will come uh, but as for Lando, I think his time will come as well. Next year, I'm hopeful for McLaren. I think that they could be up there if they figured this out. Going into next year, they could well be the closest challengers to, to Red Bull. Um, and if he, if Lando goes the whole of 2024 without a win, if this is their pace, then we start to, to worry a little bit, I think. Um, I, you know, I know Lando personally to a degree, and I don't feel like this sort of stuff will, will get to him. Um, and I think he will deliver, and then we'll all shut up about it. That's my opinion. Um, but I know for a fact if it goes a whole season next year, then of course people will start to have their doubts. Yeah, and it also depends if Red Bull win every single race next year or not. Because <laughs> then uh, obviously no one, then no one else is. Th this is the thing. It's like hard to be like, oh well, Lando's not got a win this year, but like there's literally been one race where someone other than Red Bull has got a win, uh, and Lando was right on the back of Carlos's gearbox at the end of that race. Uh, it's painful for him that he also finished second in the race where Max was beatable. Uh, but look, I don't think it's enough for it to be a thing yet. Like no, said. it's just Max Verstappen doing Max Verstappen things. You take Max out of the equation, Lando is a race winner. It's as simple as that. Like Max is just doing very, very <laughs> special things. Lando's had a lot of podiums. Uh, so I feel like this season shouldn't be seen as him having, you know, missed things or missed opportunities. It should be, go down as a very, very good season for Lando where he's proved that he can fight right at the top, in my opinion. So that's my thinking. Uh, so let's quickly touch upon Yuki Tsunoda because I know you're desperate to talk about him. Um, P6 on the grid, just behind Lando, which is not something you don't think you would have uh, probably predicted uh, had you said, it, had I told you at the beginning of the of the session that that would happen. Um, yeah, unbelievable. In that Alpha Tauri, out-qualifying Daniel Ricciardo comprehensively uh, this weekend, and Yuki just, you know, put giving Alpha Tauri a little bit of hope. Yeah, uh, really, really impressive stuff from from Yuki. I hope he can deliver in the race now because we've seen this before, where Yuki's going to have a great qualifying, and then either the strategy or the it just doesn't really tend to work out for them. But look with Williams. 14th and 20th maybe maybe the seven points is on to to cover it like yeah, we said that maybe. was was a long shot uh they needed something like this uh it just depends because Yuki Tsunoda has uh obviously a very quick Carlos Sainz behind him Lewis Hamilton as we mentioned amazing race pace and Sergio Perez who always does better in the race to bag that driver of the day award and um <laughs> mate he's farming that he is farming that award <laughs> he, he just wanted it one last time he's like oh whoops 
went off went off the track ninth oh, oh I'll come back drive here it comes <laughs> uh, but yes Perez down in ninth which of course is uh, a disappointing once again yeah. qualifying for him uh, other things George Russell I think is worth mentioning a, a brilliant performance from him considering where Lewis Hamilton is lining up uh, I'm hoping for his sake that he can actually deliver on a podium because I feel like he'll he'll be quicker than Piastri in the race can he keep Norris behind. That's the question. Um, but George has to score a podium, I think, in my eyes, just to get a bit a bit of momentum going into next year because he's very quietly had a pretty mediocre season uh, for George Russell's standards. If you look back at the season before at Mercedes where we're all kind of lauding him as what an amazing you know uh, start to his Mercedes career. Um, Fernando Alonso doing Fernando Alonso things and just making it through to Q3 and very silently finishing in seventh. Nico Hulkenberg, I enjoyed the Haas meme uh, that they put out. Uh, the Chad Hulkenberg. So looking forward <laughs> to seeing how many places he loses by the end of the race. Oh, bless him. Um, I, so hope true, for, I hope, I hope, you know, just they have a miracle and has one day just go change something on the setup and they're like, oh, that was it. That was the reason why our tires were gone by lap four. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, happen. it's just one setting that they've had. They've had a tire wear button accidentally pressed that they need <laughs> to switch off and they go, oh, wait, what? Yeah, can you yeah. imagine Gunter Steiner's reaction if that was the case? That would be quite something. <laughs> Hope to see it on Drive to Survive this year. Uh, so that's pretty much it, Tommy. Uh, what are your final thoughts of this final qualifying session of the year? Uh, just as you mentioned that, uh, yeah, the the qualifying session has almost kind of summarised the year a bit with Max Verstappen being dominant, Charles Leclerc doing great things in qualifying, uh, Nico Hülkenberg somehow putting a Haas uh, into Q3, Sergio Perez being miles off uh, Max Verstappen and having some penalties ready to do a bit of a comeback drive. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, quite a normal grid in a weird way, but I think it does set it up quite nicely for for the race that you're going to have Perez, Hamilton and Sainz surely coming through the field, so we should get a fair bit of action. Uh, and of course, uh, we've got the F2 finale as well. So there is plenty to look forward to tomorrow. Wow, what a beautiful, wonderful tee-up. Uh, my final thoughts are thank you, everybody, for watching and listening to all of our wonderful qualifying podcasts. Qualifying is now over. We've loved sharing each and every moment with you. Um, we look forward to more ridiculous qualifying sessions in 2024, fingers crossed, and that Rebel don't and some extend good races, their please. advantage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we would like some good races as well, but we'll get on to that tomorrow. <laughs> We're being positive, and what an amazing set of qualifying sessions we've had. And uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be live on Twitch, Matt P1 Tommy, if you want to come join us for the final race of the year. Uh, watch along, that is. And uh, we'll have our usual content ready and waiting for you. So thank you, everybody. I am still in Sweden, but I won't be tomorrow. So you will see me back in my normal setup with normal lighting. So I'm excited for that. And we'll see you very soon. Adios. Goodbye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.